Hey, what's going on, family? It's your boy, Brother Technico. You know what I'm saying? Coming at you with another episode. Uh, again, there's some business, some things as far as transferring over that have been a little, you know, I wouldn't say difficult, just, you know, challenging you as you start to learn more things. And this is definitely a hot take because what I like to do in my spare time, well, not all the time, but you know, often enough, you know, I listen to uh, people who found success. I listen to successful people and I definitely listen to them when they tell their journey and they give their little nuggets. So in this particular uh, instance, I'm watching a, a video by Kenny Beats and he's talking about, you know, people's careers and for those sitting out there. And he starts it by, you know, by saying that people that are watching them don't really know that the, uh, the value that they have. And he kind of goes on to talk about like many people, no matter how long it takes for you to get there, if you get success really, really quickly, uh, you don't really know how to handle it. And I know that this is a time and time again, like analogy, but um, there's a lot of truth to it in the different ways that it appears. Like in this case, it's about you know, when you when you start getting that success and you haven't prepared for it, like in, in this case, it's the music. You've never been in the studio. You've never been, uh, you know, dealing with different artists outside of the people that's locally or your friends. You don't really know how to step so you uh, to that play, uh, to that platform. So you may have the buzz. You may have the hot song. But there's so many things that go on behind the scenes that you wouldn't be prepared for. So you may have all this other stuff. But the things that give you longevity, uh, the things that, you know, that help you capitalize on that success aren't always there. And a lot of the times that's why you see, uh, excuse me, certain people burn out. And, um, you know, that's something that I definitely resonated with, you know, all through this process. You guys have probably heard me speak about this before as I just talk about a little bit of the journey and the different things that you learn when you learn better you do better and you know I've been put in uh many many positions uh for example with the nonprofit, you know being somebody who was on social media being somebody who's studying who's debating with people on YouTube and IG live and different things like that you know and having I wouldn't say I didn't have any experience before getting into something like a nonprofit. You know, I've definitely been a part of different social groups and I've, you know, worked for a nonprofit like Greenpeace before. So it wasn't like the idea was completely foreign, but to step in from the position of, you know, just taking orders and being, you know, more or less a soldier to being a general, you know, a commander, being, you know, overseeing things, uh, and, you know, taking care of the logistics. Like in war, a lot of times people think it's just all about having ammunition, guns, you go out there. No, there's there's strategies, there's placements, you know, just like chess. That's why chess is such a classic game and all the variations of chess have been played by generals because there's a there's a thinking process, even if it's sports, right? There's a thinking process. You know, that's what they call the X's and O's. You know, there's a way that you want to go about doing something. It's not just about getting the ball out there and dribble, being able to dribble and shoot. In the NBA, everybody can dribble and shoot. But it's how you take advantage. It's how you put yourself in position to take advantage of those skills. Going back to the uh, the video I was watching about the music, you know, it's about 
how you use. So yeah, you may have dope melodies. You may have a bomb voice or bomb lyrics. But at the end of the day, if you do not know how to sell yourself or know how to work with other people, so you have all these skills, but when you have, you know, what happens when you have to collab with another artist, another process? What happens when you're dealing with a different producer and they have a different methodology or they have a way that they go about things? You know, they have a way that they like to conduct themselves. Maybe, you know, you're used to just dealing with the producer who did most of your mixing and all the other stuff. Now you're dealing with a team of people. So there's a whole bunch of different things. And I don't want to pretend like I'm at that level where I know that kind of stuff, you know, to, you know, just to go back, you know, to my experience, you know, joining the nonprofit, you know, starting to get, you know, some some visibility, as I would call it, in terms of getting interviewed about my perspective and knowledge on history, you know. I did, you know, I I jumped in there being one of the youngest people. When you talk about, you know, who has been accomplished, the person who had brought me in was way more accomplished. They they were a curriculum setter. Um, They were the ones who actually got the nonprofit um, that I was working under or for, pushing, whatever the hell you want to call it. Because the way that it worked, I was like, you know, ahead of the branch. And I didn't start off as the head of the branch. I started off as just... uh, one of the main uh, board members, and that happened after the fact. But I'm here, I am one of the board members who don't have anywhere near the level of experience in terms of administration or dealing with these kinds of documents. I remember uh, talking to one of my mom's friends and just bouncing off ideas, and they knew more about the, like, the documents that I was learning that I needed, that I needed to have filled out and everything else like that. Because in California, it's really, really, really specific. Uh, you know, in order to start a nonprofit, you don't like you, they, they ideally you want to have five board members, but to start it off, you need, well, you need two just to get things, you know, going because the uh, chairman can't be the president. You see what I'm saying? Like you can't do that. Also, those positions can't be the treasurer. So once you get to your point where you have the, um, you have yourself incorporated, you have the EIC or what, uh, and whatnot. Or is it the, no, no, I think it's the EIN. Yeah, I think it's the EIN. Once you have all that stuff to where you're able to start applying for grants and different things like that, like people, you know what I'm saying? The government want to see who's in control of this money. Where is this money going? How is it being distributed? And because of a conflict of interest, you know, the person that founded it or the person that's the president can't be in control of the money. That's kind of how it works. So I had to learn about those things. I had to learn about, you know, the different roles. I mean, a lot of the other stuff, mind you, was, you know, I didn't have to worry about too much because, again, it was a branch, you know, opening up in a different state from the original one, you know, so there were things, so there was a lot that I did not have to do. But at the same time, when I'm on the phone, when I'm on conference calls, when I'm talking to people, when I'm talking to people one-on-one, you know, it it, it was, it was a bit of a struggle. It was a struggle to kind of, you know, because you want to be respected, you know, you feel that you have something uh, to contribute. And as far as, you know, uh, adding to, to the curriculum, adding to programs, adding perspective and all the other different things I was doing, uh, being a good speaker, you know, when we're going to meet with people, you know, whether or not it was to, uh, to you know, to try to recruit people for the various different jobs we had, or if we're trying to recruit a spot, you know, talk to somebody to see if we can use their, uh, their space, you know, definitely things like that. And I think, though, you know, the situations like that was where I had an opportunity to shine. And uh, 
and get some respect. But there was a lot of stuff I did not know how to do. And as a result, what what ended up happening is that, you know, a lot of that work ended up, you know, get put on uh, on pause, you know, learning how to uh, not only recruit people, but recruit the right people. Um, management, you know, keeping people motivated, keeping people focused, you know, yeah, that was, you know, these were, these are all new things and it's not, I'm not going to say it's not unlike being like a team captain or a team leader, but there are, cause there's things that are applicable. There's things that, 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 uh, that translate, but as far as, especially when you're dealing with people that are older than you and have an experience, you know, and I kind of know this, but, you know, my, my real working, like my real working experience has been in, you know, quality control for a warehouse, you know, manager for a period of time and always being one of the younger people, you know, in those groups. They'll, but, but the biggest difference is, is that in warehouse or what, what we say, uh, manufacturing, that's basically what we call it, you know, but I had spent, you know, at one point, almost a decade doing that kind of work. And just and had just been learning, like working from the ground up and learning from other people that were were ahead of me, you know. And similarly, as Kenny Beats is talking about, that's the advantage a lot of people have going through that process, going through that process to where you're learning from people in the studio. Okay, you're not popping, but you're you're getting to observe how these things are being conducted, how these things work. So by the time that, you know, the opportunity does arrive, you're far more prepared for that situation. You know, I did a, you know, I got one, ooh, one of the things I got that's going to be released and I've been holding on to like content like that because I just feel like that's better content. That's content that I'm actually, you know, taking, putting onto the computer and like mixing and, you know, doing things to it. But, you know, I talked about the, oh no, actually, no, I actually did one recently too about Kwame Brown. So I've did a few about this Kwame Brown situation, but, you know, as far as the Kwame Brown situation and him being you know, straight out of high school, going into the NBA, you know, starting from high school, you know, and where everything has worked one way and you don't have to ever really deal with worrying about another star that's at your level because there's no one else that's at your level. There's no one that's else at your level, probably in your whole city, maybe even your, in your whole state. So then, you know, you're blowing up, you're finding the success, everybody sees your talent and they move you all the way up to, uh, to the highest point where he doesn't know anything about running certain plays. He he didn't get those same X's and O's. Well, now you have certain concepts and, you know, and now you have offenses that are run to where, you know, it, it, the ball doesn't go to one player. Only, like, in, in unique uh, systems like what Golden State and Steph Curry play into where the entire team, the entire offense is predicated around one person shooting the ball. But at the same time, He's still not taking that many shots as compared to, you know, other players who don't have an offense geared like that. But look at their usage ratios. Look at uh, how often, t- you know, they have the ball in their hands. You know what I'm saying? But not to segue too much, but that's that's sort of the thing. You know, no matter what it is that we're doing, I think we expect and I'm I'm guilty of this or I've expected, you know, doing this, doing this, doing this and you're just waiting for when is that going to happen? When is my break? When am I going to push through? When am I going to get noticed? And 
I have to agree. Just like as the title, you know, says, sometimes your career doesn't move as fast as you want, but it's for a good reason. And I do, and I do believe that, you know, it is for a good, it is for a good reason why sometimes you don't find success, you know, when you want it, because sometimes we're not ready for it. And then life will give you a taste of what that is at times to show you that you're not ready for it. You know, and that's, you know, all the other things that we know that's going on with this society that is a problem, uh, you know what I'm saying, notwithstanding. Overall, you know, your life has an interesting way of gauging, you know, when you're ready. And I even believe the people who are thrust into those positions, you know, there was something that was special about them. And that this was their, you know, sometimes that's the, you know, we have different tests. For some, the, you know, it's the grind. And then the test is, okay, now you've been grinding so long. Here's the success. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to capitalize off this success? And for others, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to give you success. But how are you going to sustain it? How are you going to keep this success going? How are you going to continue moving forward in this process? You know. So those, you know, so those are kind of things. And and I feel like that rings so true. And, you know, I'm definitely somebody who's really, really critical of, you know, myself, of where I expect myself to be. I have really, really high expectations, high standards. Sometimes I fall into you know, the own trap of my own expectations for myself, which ultimately ends in, you know, in disappointment. And I think that just, that's something that, that's something that we, as a, you know, as a group, as human beings, uh, we we need to stop doing. There's so much pressure out there. We don't really need to put pressure on ourselves like that. Like, it's good to motivate yourself and to put pressure on yourself to, to finish things and complete things and to stick with things. But I don't think it's, you know, we should put pressure on ourselves um, for things that we can't control. Like you literally cannot control when someone sees you, when someone looks at you. You can put all the work that you get and that's that's just what it is. You know, some some of these things, opportunity is all about chance. If I learned anything about history, it's about opportunity. Things happen when there's an opportunity for it. There is no destiny. There is no prophecy or any anything like that. Uh, what it is, is when an opportunity arises, uh, sometimes people seize it and sometimes they don't. And that's universal. That's just not limited to humans. That's life. That's life. You know, for people who ever watch Meerkat Manor. You know, you can be the biggest, baddest manner, but, you know, when the opportunity arises, when certain certain uh, elements are at play, it can provide the opportunity for somebody to take control for for that for that empire kingdom to fall. It's it's a whole bunch of stuff. You know, let's look at, you know, how historians look at uh, Genghis Khan and that empire. And how there were a lot of uh, a lot of civilizations that are you know reportedly doing well, you know that are advancing, that are starting to reach a certain level in their society, and the defeated. All all of that is washed away. 
You know, we can we can keep it, you know, personal. We can talk about the motherland. Let's look at Akibalan. Let's look at Africa. And what has happened to her? You know, there's a lot of greatness on that continent. But at the same time, opportunity arose for other people to take control. And there's many, 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 many different reasons for that. You know? And it's not like these people, like, you know, we also have to understand, it's not like, you know, the people who came into Egypt, you know, just to keep it on, or go to a historical uh, point for a moment. It's not like those people in Egypt never wanted to rule. You know, when you look at the Hittites and you looked at how they expanded their empire, it was, when, when you, when you kind of have an idea of what the ancient world looked like, you know, Kemet was the USA of today. We're there, the Western Empire of today. Everybody not only wanted to be her, they wanted to uh, to control her. They wanted to sit in that seat. And, it, you know, and it, it took them some hundreds of years, but eventually their opportunity arose and, and they capitalized on it. You know, that's just that's how the world works. And I think sometimes we do we because this society is very vicarious. You know, it promotes vicarious living, you know, at the same time, you know, that that's a trap. We all can't be some of these famous people that we see. And the crazy part about it is, is that, you know, we kind of live in this fantasy that we're going to see every success story. There are success stories that we find out about all the time after 50 years, 70 years, even 100 years after they happen. Some of the best things aren't televised. It's like moments in life. Sure, you you can catch great moments on camera. You can catch a snapshot of something great. However, you're not going to catch every moment. Not every because things can happen like that and you wouldn't even see it. You wouldn't even have the time because you're, you're in the middle of it happening. And here's another thing. If you're too much looking for moments, then you're going to miss them all together. It's like a person in a game, you know, trying to hit that shot. You're not just playing the game. You're not going to be successful. You're going to be sitting up there bricking because you're not even you're not in the moment. You're not taking it as it comes. You, you're, you're trying to force it. And that's just the bottom line. There's too many uh, instances where we try to force things to happen and you can't force life. You know, it's like, you know, you waiting on the a stimulus or you waiting on your check or you waiting for something and you want it to come right now. Yeah, I need that because you want it because you want it right there. And oftentimes I feel like you play yourself like that. You have no idea. I didn't got money. Hell, this last stimulus, I didn't even think I was going to get. Wasn't tripping off of it at all. And one day I'm just checking my account and boom, it's there. But it didn't come there because, you know, it was ready. Because I was, shit, I was ready to spend it. I had money. I'm like, damn, thank you. I, I needed some extra money. No, that wasn't extra money. That was money that I was going to need. That was money I ended up using. Shoot, my car had so many issues. As soon as I fixed one problem, another problem happened. My stimulus literally went to my car. But that's cool, though. That's cool. You know, it didn't come like, you know what I'm saying? These things didn't come when I wanted them to. 
You know, sometimes they come when you need it to. And sometimes your need, like the right now, some, you know what I'm saying? It, it has nothing to do about the future. And that's not getting into any spookism. This is not getting into any text. This is just how life works. You know, we have some, some ancient proverbs that just stand the test of time because at some point, some wise individual is like, you sh- this, is a, this is a trend. You know, and things may not happen the same exact way every time, but I notice this set of behavior causes this kind of result. That's just what it is. But this is, you know, this is a capitalistic society. This is a Western society. So we put pressure on ourselves. We just have to know when it's not healthy. You know, we're in a society that allows like that will literally allow you to eat to your death. That's that. You know what I'm saying? When we think about free country, we have to think about the things that are free, like like really what our freedoms are. You know, you have the right within, you know what I'm saying? Within the law to like literally kill yourself. What the hell? You know what I'm saying? Like, we can eat whatever grease and junk and fucked up, and it and does and it does not matter. It literally doesn't, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. It's, it's for you to do. You know, that doesn't make it good. You know, Oreo cookies are vegan. That'll make it good for you. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, some of this stuff requires a little evaluation. Some of this stuff, you know... That you just got to use some common sense. Or I hate that phrase because there's no there's really no such thing as common sense. And then the common sense that's so like subjective because, you know, when you're looking at a group, you know what I'm saying? If this group is, let's say, just for the sake of argument, is illiterate and they don't really read. You know, or uneducated. I shouldn't say illiterate because illiterate doesn't mean uneducated. Illiterate just means that you can't read or write text. That's, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, people who are uneducated don't know much about sciences, you know, don't know how much about how the world works. Then you throw them into a place that they're unfamiliar with, you know, uh, common sense ain't going to do you so, uh, only but so well. It's only going to take you so far, you know, because you're, you're basing that on, on the sense of a group. And that's essentially what that phrase means. You know, it it almost implies that, you know, an intelligence or a certain wisdom of a group that, you know, we can't prove is there or not. You know, like that's like talking to a group of kids. Y'all got to use your common sense, but they don't know nothing. How are they going to use the sense they ain't got yet? So they are using a common sense, a common sense that's found amongst youngsters, a common sense that's found amongst children, you know. So don't that that's why I don't like that phrase. But we gotta we, we, we have to use some thought. We have to use some analysis. Uh it's okay to evaluate yourself. And I you know, I'm definitely speaking to those who are just, you know, over analytical, very critical. You know, we gotta give ourselves a break, gotta give yourselves a pass. You know. There's no reason there's no real reason to like stress out to over over things that you can't, you know, that you have no control over. You know, I do believe that there's a point to where no, I don't. No, I don't. Let me not say that. You know, I, I, I believe that when you do something and you keep doing something over and over again and it's not working, then you need to try something different. That doesn't mean you have to completely throw away 
uh, what it is that you're, you know, you're trying to accomplish. It just means that the, the method in which that you're trying to accomplish this, it, it's not effective. It's not working. You know, that's honestly what I believe. You know, I don't believe that you give up. And anybody that I've seen or the people I've listened to who have become a success, every last one of them, from businessmen to realtors to producers to uh, even scholars, they didn't give up. You know, Ivan Van Sertema kept taking that test. There was a test that only one person from his village were going to be have the opportunity to go to college. And he had to wait until his 30s to do it. But he didn't give up. You know, a lot of us out there, we like Nipsey Hussle. You know, he says the biggest difference between him and everybody else who, who had a dream is that he just didn't give up. He'd been through all the highs and lows and bad times. He just didn't give up. And that's the kind of attitude that, you know, I try to emulate because sometimes, you know, especially in this world, how we're taught, you know, what I'm saying if this ain't working for you, you need to make a decision. And a lot of our decisions we make are, are money based and rightfully so. Like, you're not going to hear me sit up there and be one of those people that say, hey, money don't matter. No, of course it matters. It's currency. It's our it's the currency of our day. It's the way that we we survive, the way that we live. We don't come from a society that even cares or or even really permits um, getting your own food, building your own house. Like, how are you going to do that? You're not you're not going to learn the skills to go do that at a school. And I'm not going to dip into the uh, one of the episodes too much. But, you know, when we talk about who started the education system. The businessmen, like Henry Ford and whatnot, who started that, we have to understand that, you know, it was never their intention of setting, you know, those things up so people could live independently from these warehouses. It was very much so they can get people ready to work in these warehouses. The structure of the hour system emulates that of which you what we're accustomed to now in a nine to five for that reason. For that reason. You know, and this is that was a process, you know, business people like what well, that's I'm not I'm not going to delve too much into that. I'm going to stay stay on the course. But that's just what it is. That's just what it is. And. Uh, it's I, I think it's a good. I think it's a good thing that we should think about. You know, and I don't think we should just take it with a grain of salt or just brush it, you know, brush it off when people who have success say these things. I think we should take what they say very seriously. Uh, I think it's a very easy, um, it's easy to dismiss, you know, someone who's had success because, you know, you can look at things about them that, you know, that stand out and say, that's the reason. Ah, oh, you saying that, but it's the way that you do this, or you saying that, but it's the looks, or it's the voice, or you naturally, boom, boom, boom. And that's, you know, I mean, sure, looks are a part of it, but I don't think that's the only, the only metric. You know, you can have the looks, and because I see it. I literally see it all the time. I see people who have the style. I see people who have the entourage, who have the clout, all all the stuff and you know, they don't they don't get there. So why is it that these people are making it and those other people aren't? 
You know what I'm saying? And I think it's so easy to think, well, there must be something that these people are doing that these people aren't doing. And I think it's fair to, to, to think that, you know, especially at first. But I think it's also fair to, you know, to give some looks and, and to to be somewhat objective. Like, OK, let's look at the things that that they're doing instead of saying that there must be. Let's actually evaluate. Let's see if we can find out what is it is that they're doing or what they did to find success. And let's look at these things and let's see if there's any differences with this method. And I think that's fine. I think that's healthy. I think that's realistic, right? However, if you see people that are doing, you know, similar things or damn near the same thing, you know, you you just have to know that sometimes it's just about opportunity, you know? And when you have somebody, particularly when you have like a bead or you're talking about a placement or something like that, is that there's millions of people you can't pick everybody. You can't pick everybody. Everybody can't be number one. Go to NASCAR. Everybody who drive them damn NASCARs are good. Everybody. Every last one of them. But only one of them is going to be in first place. Only one. Doesn't matter how good you are, how hard they were, how talented they are. They could even be better than the person that they racing against. But at the end of the day, you can only have one first place. And that's and that's kind of what we're dealing with. The world isn't, you know, uh, if you're worthy, you're going to get it. It's if you're worthy and you get the opportunity. It was more so just about shoot. If you get the shit, damn worthy, it's about opportunity, 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 opportunity. We've had more kingdoms and empires fall because of terrible leadership, not because this person was ever qualified, Russia, excuse me, but because... And there's a lot of other places, but because the person just happened to be an heir, you know what I'm saying? And that's all over. Shoot, look at uh, what was it, King Henry the Eighth or, or or so? He wasn't even supposed to be the king. His brother died. That you know what I'm saying? That he, that wasn't even nothing he was thinking about. But he was about to go into the church and he was doing his own thing. You know, but it's all about opportunity. It's all about chances. And sometimes it's about who can give you that opportunity. Or a lot of times it's about who can give you that opportunity. That's why I'm very, very thankful to this day. You know, I have gotten the opportunity to do a lot of things that a lot of people didn't get a chance to do. You know, have that experience. You know, even, you know, failure, you know, gave me opportunities to learn from it. I don't regret a damn thing. You know, the nonprofit is still going. I'm just going about it different, like because I'm I'm learning more. I'm getting my ducks in a row before I go out there and try to do A, B, C and D. There's there's things that I want to have secure first. And that's where I came up with a plan to kind of get all these things together. But I'm thankful. But that, shoot, I, I didn't have to. You know, she didn't have to, you know, give me that opportunity. She didn't have to give me that chance. There's a thousand people out there. And I still think about that. Like, damn, shit, you could have found somebody who was better off for it than I am. You know, I'm dedicated. You know, I'm loyal. I fucking hate to lose and I hate to give up. You know, and I think those are good qualities to have. But you know what I'm saying? Shit, I've squandered opportunities. I've fucked them up just to keep it real. And that wouldn't be the this shit. That wasn't the first time I ever fucked up. That's... That was just one that was more relatable, like, because we talk about, oh, if I ever get the opportunity to do this or do that, and then you get that opportunity and you see, oh, it's not that easy. 
You know, it also takes being a people person, which I am not. I am not. You you learn though. You can learn people skills. That's see, that's a whole nother thing that people don't understand. There's a lot of people out there dealing with public all the time, and they don't like people. They're not good with people. But you can learn skills that can help you uh, deal with people and talk to people, and you know, get things to kind of go your way. So, I'm yeah, a little bit long winded, or a lot of bit long winded. Thirty two minutes. Um, but maybe somebody needed this message, you know, and if this message had any value for you, or if you feel like this message had any value for anybody uh, that, you know, share this podcast and have them listen to it. You know, it helps me out. And I think that my message can help people out as well. So it is what it is. Uh, peace, love and light family. I love y'all. Thank you for the continued support. Thank you for being patient with me through all the up highs and lows. Um, yeah.